Then you shouldn't talk. I'm Rob. I'm Kyle. And today <laughs> we're talking about Ultraman. The adventure begins. Indeed. <laughs> uh, uh, a a Hanna Barbera classic, huh? Huh? God. A Hanna Barbera classic that's animated more like Gundam than it is a Hanna Barbera show. <laughs> it really. I mean, it feels like. Uh, yeah, like Gundam and, uh, uh, if you like crossed over Gundam with like the Ghostbusters cartoon show. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like a weird, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I like, I, I really love it. Look at it. It reminded me a lot of Centurions. I don't know if you ever saw that, that cartoon, but it was no, very, it was one. on, uh, it was on, uh, Toonami ages and ages and ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> but hey. Before we begin this adventure, we should begin with the news. Yes. So we only have a few news items today. Uh, we're recording literally one week away uh, past where we recorded last. <laughs> so it hasn't been that much. Uh, so starting off with a, uh anime that Rob brought to my attention yeah. that we'll cover at some point. It's it, it, it doesn't it doesn't look that great. Uh, but it's, uh, it's got it's got Kaiju in the name. Does have so, Kaiju in it. So uh, uh Giant beasts of ours. Giant uh, beasts of ours. Ours. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, it's kind. Of, so I've only seen the trailer. The first four episodes are out already on High Dive uh, TV, a streaming service that I don't personally have. Uh, but I've seen them. They do like a lot of anime stuff. So maybe, maybe that's gonna be for me in the future. Maybe I'll run out of Funimation at some point, and I'll <laughs> I'll do High Dive. Uh, but it is, I mean, just from the trailer, uh, it's a magical fantasy world where all of our protagonists can turn into super Saiyans and they fight either each other or giant nondescript gray beasts. Yes. Uh, that's it. They all have very interesting designs, you know, there's one that looks just like very like Reggie ice, uh, from Pokemon. Then the, like the very next one you see is like this giant, like humanoid one with a very long neck, but the head get, the head is cut off. Like there's no head. It's just a big glowing, like portal yeah. in its throat. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one where you see a giant like eye and its face is all craggly and lava looking. So there looks like there's some interesting designs, just very, very dull colors. So I'm wondering how that'll play out. Yeah. Um, I don't have much to say about it. The animation looks smooth. It's one of those combination CGI uh, hand-drawn uh, joints um, that, you know, I, I always like him a little bit like this feels like corner cutty to me. Um, Unless they're done well. Like it's it's a very yeah. fine line. Uh, well, usually it's just like they just like the CGI stands out so much. They're, they're, uh, I think, honestly, the like the future of animation was uh, – uh oh my gosh arcane uh yeah uh, just where like it was it was very very stylized cell shaded uh, C, uh like 3d the whole thing uh-huh. uh and then like you know painted backgrounds uh I, I that 
that's really good. This obviously is not going to have that big of a budget or that much time behind it. Um, but you know, uh, just from like the character models, it looks very much like the kind of like tabletop RPGs I would have played back in like college. So. Yeah, that's primo that's, stuff. That's my feeling from it. Is it looks yeah, it looks like a like a RPG. Yeah, like it looks like very much like a. I don't know. It feels like a anime that's based off of a show, more than like, or not uh, an anime based on a, a game. game. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Not uh, not necessarily an anime on its own. Kind of like I'm shocked know. that there isn't like a kaiju themed uh, Mugen game or not Mugen. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! You know the the games where you kill like two billion dudes and you're Lubu. Oh, uh, uh, or Zelda. Uh, Muso, Muso. That's the word. Muso, yes. Yeah. No, I I agree. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, I like I, I get the same feelings after watching that trailer uh, that I did from when I watched uh, God Eater, the anime. Oh yeah. Uh, and like yeah, God Eater once again is that very it's based on a game, so like it has yeah. that same kind of feel to it, but. Um, we'll see, but yeah, uh, it, like we said, it does have kaiju in it. Like that's the main focus of the the, th- the threat in the anime. Yeah, so it's definitely on the list somewhere down the line. Yeah. Um. So speaking of fun stuff, though, uh, so Sea Beast, we were talking about how it got it's getting a sequel. Uh, uh, did actually get an Oscar nomination for best animated film this year. Uh, is it gonna win? Oh, not even close. But. <laughs> uh, still cool that it got a nomination. I mean, yeah. it's going up against uh, Puss in Boots. It's going up against Turning Red, and it's going up against Pinocchio, uh, yeah. the the Del Toro Pinocchio. Oh, not the so, not the father one. Not that one. No. <laughs> God, if only. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still really cool for it to get a nomination. I didn't expect it at all. I mean, it's a Netflix, you know, like original film. So usually those don't get yeah. nominated for anything at the Oscars. Yeah. So that's uh, a good movie. It was good. Uh, uh, so that's good stuff. Uh, then uh, coming up next, we got the 65 second trailer. Uh, this is uh, the UK trailer specifically um, released a couple days ago. Uh, it shows a lot of fun stuff. It shows more of the dinosaurs, uh, gives us a better idea of like the variety of dinosaurs that they're going to have. Uh, for instance, uh, something that I've noticed in the trailer is that there are two large theropods in the trailer there is the t-rex which we saw in the last trailer that has the vistatosaurus face with the scraggly teeth yeah yeah and then there's the other one that actually runs on all fours uh it like kind of lopes yeah um because you can see like there's this one like very looks like the big shot from the move uh, from the trailer where you have uh, adam driver like scrambling backwards on the ground and you have the the other theropod kind of like stalking towards him. Yeah, and he yeah. has this weird hunchback, and a lot of people are like, "Ooh, why does the T Rex have a hunchback?" <laughs> well, it doesn't. It's actually because it's on all fours, so that's its shoulder pushing against the ground yeah. as it's moving. Um, it's inter- is that they're not is that a real dinosaur? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. I mean, like very clearly, the uh, these are uh, uh, designs inspired by dinosaurs. They are not yes. dinosaurs. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to stumble with that because it's supposed to be set 65 million years ago, as opposed to like, you know, just being a reveal that they're dinosaurs at the end. Um, I think we'll be fine. fine. 
Yeah, I think yeah. the movie will be fine with it if it as if the movie doesn't try and name the dinosaurs. Yeah, like because the, here's the thing, it seems like Adam Driver has no idea what a dinosaur is based on the trailer. Like he yeah. keeps calling them aliens. He yeah, keeps, you know, like so if if we're talking about a human race that is like left Earth and like gone through the stars and have like literally just you know dinosaurs over thousands and thousands of years have become something that's not a popular thing. Like we're not taking fossils into space with us. So. The idea of a character that has no idea what a dinosaur is could work in the sense of, like, as long as they don't try and go, that's a T-Rex, that's a blah, blah. I think we can kind of just shrug off the inaccuracies and be like, well, technically, we're not being told what these animals are, so, eh. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, uh, yeah, I think, again, a lot of people will be thrown off because it says 65, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's implying that, you know, because it's like, it's implying that it's earth proper. Eh, I don't know, man. I'm just excited to see like my favorite type of like B movie, which doesn't really exist much nowadays where you get a really good actor, an A-list actor, and you put them in like B movie schlock. Yes. And I'll say Adam driver is the king of that. I, I watched lucky Logan just like it was on, um, prime a little while ago or something maybe uh-huh. hbo max i actually remembered but i watched it just like last weekend and it's good stuff uh adam driver 10 out of 10 he was also good in white noise <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's what i i said that uh, since we got the first trailer that's what i'm hoping for with this is i'm really just hoping for uh a fun schlocky b movie kind of thing from this yeah like uh you know i, I think that's all it's gonna be uh, the only other thing to mention in the trailer uh, is that we do get to see uh, what appears to be the asteroids or some sort of asteroids hitting the planet. Um, from the plot description uh, that uh, kind of leaked the other day, uh, supposedly that's going to be the ticking clock is that this movie takes place. Yeah, like right. Days, when the, yeah. <laughs> days from the asteroids. So, yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, that could be fun. Um but we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to work. Yeah. Um, definitely. It definitely might put it, put to rest your Adam and Eve worry if the asteroid is actually going to hit it. At the I, end of the yeah. Movie. My, well, it, <laughs> it definitely seems like they're going to be leaving Earth as opposed to. Yeah. So, or at least the girl will. Yeah. I can see. I can see that. Yeah. Adam Driver's just sitting there. He's getting. Gonna, uh, he's going to push her into an escape pod. She's going <laughs> to escape. He's yep. going to he's going to get rogue one at the end. Yep. You know. Yep. That's what I see. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, that's coming out in March. As we said, we'll definitely be doing a special report. We've got a whole month planned for March that's going to be dinosaur-themed. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then the last piece of news is just very, very quick. Uh, so Haya Toys, uh, the company that has just gotten the rights to do a lot of MonsterVerse figures, uh, they released their Godzilla and their Kong to much appraise from a lot of collectors. Um, because the sculpts are so accurate to the movie, even yeah. more so than the monster arts figures. Um, and they cost like a fraction of the price too. <laughs> um, so we've had those two, we know Rodan was coming and we know that they're working on a Mothra as well. Well, today we got official confirmation that they are doing the big boy himself. They are doing Ghidorah. Um, the little picture that they shared on Twitter, uh, the thing that I am noticing in comparison to the monster arts figure is man, those head sculpts are accurate to the movie. They are. <laughs> Really, really accurate yeah. to, to the movie Ghidorah, which is great. Um, and also, people are pointing out that uh, one of the biggest flaws of the Monster Arts Ghidorah was that he had no articulation in the wings. Like, they're literally just 
big pieces of sharp plastic. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Hyatt toys, it already looks like there's articulation in the wings um, that you can kind of see in this picture. So that's really good stuff. Um, I, I, like I said, uh, the the two the two figures that have already come out have gotten rave reviews from everyone that was able to get a hold of them. Um, <laughs> so I will definitely be keeping an eye on this Ghidorah figure for sure. Um, <laughs> but other than that, that's all we've got for today in the news. Yeah. So, Rob, you want to take a quick break and then we'll come back? Absolutely. After these messages, we'll be Shwatch! right back. And we are back to begin talking about this adventure of Ultraman in the United the States. Twice. <laughs> yeah, I did the same bit. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Except I just pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but this, this movie came out in 1987, the year uh, before my, my birth day. And this episode will drop probably on the 31st, the day before my birthday. So very serendipitous that I got to pick I mean, this episode. Yeah, it's the year. It's the year before both of our birthdays. We're both. Oh, that's true. So, that's yeah. true. I guess I was just because of my. It was also the day before we birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying no, to I get, hype I get, it up. But yeah, this is a uh, an '80s Hanna Barbera style animation. We're going to talk about. Uh, I mean, so it's deeply nostalgic to Kyle and I. Uh, so we might have a uh, more uh, uh, nostalgia tinted view of the the movie. We um, might have a nostalgia tinted view to this movie as people have a nostalgia tinted view to Shin Ultraman. <laughs> this is our Shin Ultraman, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So shall we get on with the plot? Yeah, we're talking about Ultraman. American style, and it's time for the adventure to begin in space. I so that's the third time I did that joke, but it's a rule of three, it's fine. That's no moon, in fact, it's a meteor falling from in seven in 78 uh, the N78 star cloud system, and it's filled with four kaiju eggs, and they aren't alone as three points of light are in hot pursuit. The meteor breaks up once it hits our atmosphere, and the kaiju eggs fall across the most iconic locations the United States has to offer. Louisiana, where no one has a Creole accent. Off the coast of California, where some seamen have Brooklyn accents. Utah, on a ski slope. And once again in Kyle's backyard, New Mexico! (laughs) Meanwhile, the next day, a totally rad Blue Angels air show is <laughs> happening, and three dope fighter pli- pilots are doing flips and dips in the coolest way possible, with brass playing in the background. Uh, yes. A bunch of horns. It's very cool. Very 80s. Very, very Hanna-Barbera. Our team is made up of Scott Masterson, the ladies' man, Chuck Gavin, the team dad, and Beth O'Brien, the team girl. Wait. Isn't this an Ultraman property? That's right. Suddenly, a ball of energy appears in the sky above them, knocking their jets out of the sky. As their jets explode in the distance, their general emotionlessly sighs and says, they were the best. Before we jump cut to see that actually they were okay all along. 
<laughs> and it looks like our fly pals are now grounded until the general can figure out just what the heck happened with that ball of light. So our heroes decide to take a little vacation <laughs> to see some ladies. Uh, we, we, Scott, and then smash cuts to Scott Masterson in like a, a banana hammock. You know, yep. just what yep. the audience was asking for. Yep. <laughs> uh, suddenly, a mysterious letter arrives to inform Scott Masterson to visit someone in a mysterious location that will explain what happened during their mysterious accident. Turns out this mysterious man is just some old guy who built a secret base underneath a golf course and has the least OSHA compliant elevator in human history. <laughs> Lore dump. You died. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. The old man lets our heroes know that they died during the jet accident and got fused with beings of light from the planet Altera, becoming the Ultra Force. More than that, a planet filled with Sorkin monsters from the M78 Star Cloud self-destructed and launched kaiju eggs all over the universe. The Ultraman were uh, the Ultra Team were sent here to help. But just like all Ultramen, they were distracted drivers and ended up smashing into our heroes. But don't worry, because now they are our heroes? It's kind of unclear where the Ultra begins and the man ends. Uh, are, are old men not your thing? Great, because we're done with him and we're flying towards Gulp Mount Rushmore. That's right. Just like metal, just like a Metal Gear plot line, the Ultraman secret base in this series is located inside of Abe Lincoln's mouth. I've always wanted to see the inside of Abe Lincoln's head. Jesus Christ, man! I, I would have probably cut that line out, but hey, remember that old man mentor from earlier? Well, the writers changed their mind and decided that they want three robot comic relief characters instead. Welcome to the team, combat model uh, MF842, uh, a.k.a. Ulysses, combat model BA666, a.k.a. Samson, and Andy, our alpha for the rest of the movie. Where did these robots come from? Are they connected to the, to the old man in some way? Are we going to talk about that at some point? No? Okay, that's cool. Anyway, it looks like the two dudes that, it looks like two dudes with German accents are drifting through the Louisiana bayous and they come across Biolante and she's living in Lizzie's hometown. Wow, two kaiju references in one. Time for the first kaiju battle. The team launches in their totally rad future jets and start whipping and dipping all over the place. But the plant keeps healing from all the damage they dish out. And that's not all. A second kaiju has awoken in California Bay. And this one, <laughs> this one is, wow, uh, an electric ball from Spencer's Gifts at the mall. Uh, <laughs> and also some armor that kind of looks like that bug and water type Pokemon from X and Y. Gasillapod? Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> the one that, even though it evolves, still runs away from combat after it gets hit yes. once, which is yes. very frustrating. <laughs> These two pitched battles play out as you would expect as the in any jet fighter versus kaiju battle. <laughs> and with no beta capsules, how will our team henshin? Why, by crashing their planes into the ground, of course. Side note, this is the best henshin ever. It is extremely <laughs> funny that our characters have to crash their airplanes into something anytime they want to transform. Yep. Ultraman Beth, this is the first to transform as her ship gets digested by the kaiju plants. Lava? pit inside of its petals 
think it's probably huh. it's like stomach acid. Yeah, but it's like glowing red, so it's like yeah. lava colored. But yeah, it could be it could be stomach acid. It just wasn't green. I guess the rest of the creature is green, so it would make sense. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and she <laughs> quickly gets beat up before re-realizing the plant has a heal factor. Don't worry, though. Chuck's got a plan. Salt water, since that can melt plants? I don't think that's exactly right, but okay. So Beth flies up and body slams the kaiju into the sea before using a water-themed specium beam to finish the job. And I think that's a reference to Ultra 7. Or... The Ultra Spout. Yeah, he can like spray water out of his head. Yeah, she, she, she does the Ultra Spout. <laughs> <laughs> she also does have a specium beam. So that's true. She has two. She has two different. <laughs> we'll talk about it in design. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in L.A., Scott is blasted by the electric kaiju and explodes over the horizon. <laughs> Foolish kaiju, that was all part of my plan. As he hinches into Ultraman Scott. God, the names in this series. It's wild. <laughs> the two battle across the city before Ultraman gets the upper hand and tosses the kaiju into a prisonless Alcatraz island? Huh. Causing the kaiju to break free from its armor and turn into the fake final boss at the false ending of Star Fox 64. <laughs> now, uh, now you'll have to deal with now. How will you deal with this one, Scott? Oh, by using every ultra fish and finisher back to back. That seems yep. like overkill, but sure. <laughs> and so the day is saved, and a perfectly unharmed Scott walks the city streets, much to onlookers' surprise. Somehow they were able to like see him inside of like a ship moving at Mach one, but you know whatever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no time to answer questions, though. As Susan Rand from Fair Labs, uh, the uh, uh, extraterrestrial research or something, uh, shows something up like and tells Scott <laughs> tells Scott off for uh, killing uh, the kaiju because she loves aliens after all, and is pissed that Scott just won't stop killing these big boys. And she puts the Ultra Force on the most wanted list. Wow, she has a lot of power. <laughs> She's Space Karen, you know? Uh, so Scott does the only reasonable thing and stalks her in 1980s New York City. But she thinks he's kind of cute. So instead of arresting him, they have a chat. And he promises that next time a kaiju shows up, he will try and talk to it. Speak of the devil, a kaiju shows up, and it's just a little baby. It's a baby. The military is pissed and ready to kill this child. <laughs> Classic American military tactic. When Chuck's dad senses start to tingle. Chuck also smashes his jet into the ground so that he can chinchin into Ultraman Chuck. Uh, he's able to... Uh, uh, to uh, <laughs> He's able to swaddle the baby and uh, lift it into the sky uh, <laughs> in a volleyball of energy, ser <laughs> serving it into, sorry, a volleyball of energy before spiking it into deep space. Sure hope it doesn't need <laughs> food for its millennia long journey. Ooh. But the military <laughs> isn't having it. They want to kill that baby, darn it. So they fire three nukes, Moabs, some kind of big missiles into outer space and seemingly destroy the Ultra Force. They're fine, of course, but everyone thinks they're dead. But there's no time for for uh, for rest for Susan, who's now mourning the loss of her newest boyfriend, uh, as another kaiju egg has been discovered in New Mexico. Remember that one from the beginning of the synopsis? Yep. Uh, and this kaiju is teeny, just a cute little guy, like a mew and a gremlin fused together. <laughs> hey, why are his eyes glowing purple when he grins evilly? 
uh-oh, is this kaiju not a sweetie after all? <laughs> this may have not been helped by the scientists running all kinds of insane experiments, from drowning, an astronaut G-force chair, and even some kind of psychic paralysis machine? Jesus. Susan takes the kaiju away from the torture experiments and teaches her its name, or teaches it her name. Uh, big mistake, lady. Now it has a name for its hatred. Susan. Really horrifying sequence. <laughs> Very good. Nobody puts baby in the corner because you can't. He's over 30 feet tall already, and he's still growing. Every 90 minutes, he'll double in size, and apparently he can grow without limit. Wow, just like my waistline in college. The Ultra Force suits up and attempts to blast the beast, but it's no use. The kaiju's grown too big and powerful. The kaiju grapples his, uh, their jets with his three-pronged tail and tosses, the, uh, tosses them into a nearby building. And you know what that means. It's henchin' time, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I... I had to fight making a 9-11 joke when I wrote Ooh. this script. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it kept, because they keep cutting to the Twin Towers throughout the entire movie. And I was like, are they going to have to, are they going to destroy the Twin Towers at some point? They don't. But boy, oh boy, did it feel like they were, they wanted to. <clears throat> uh, 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 Ultraman Scott quickly saves Susan. Then does a crossfinger salute, which is supposed to be his thing, I guess. Although that was never established earlier, but that's how she immediately recognizes Ultraman Scott is Scott, actually. So, okay. Well, anyway, the kaiju can teleport now and is quickly draining the Ultra Force, <laughs> uh, the Ultra Force of their energy, causing all three of their color timers to flash. Oh no, we've got to recharge them, but the sun is hidden behind the Twin Towers, <laughs> and there's only one thing we can do. An Indiana Jones style light puzzle, of course, because uh, uh, when they first cut to it, I was like, oh, my God, are they going to have to blow up the Twin Towers to get like sunlight to recharge them? Is that right. what's going to happen here? Because I hadn't watched this movie in so long. Uh, <clears throat> uh, with an Indiana Jones light puzzle, of course, but our heroes are still mostly drained, so we need to get them to space. Susan Rand shows up just in time to catch a ride on the uh, uh, Ultra Force's mothership and hooks up the paralysis mind reading device from earlier to their computer. <laughs> okay. Oh, so is this gonna? So is this Guantanamo Bay has technology? The thing that humans invented to save the day of the Ultra series? Nope. Because the teacher, because the creature can teleport, so it only manages to capture its tail. Time for the team to combine their super moves. Beth blasts the kaiju with water as it turns out it's maybe not actually teleporting, but just turning invisible. And now that it's coated in water, Chuck is able to cast a sphere of energy around it, allowing the Ultra Force to lift the kaiju into the air. But oh no, Andy turns off the paralysis ray <laughs> as it was holding its tail. So the tail is able to teleport back to the kaiju's body? What is this, Calvin Ball? Anyway, the kaiju breaks free of the energy bubble. Uh, but the Ultramen are able to utilize the sun's energy to grapple the beast and drag it all the way to the sun and toss it in, just like Goku did to Cooler. <laughs> Sorry, the boys are fighting in the background. If you've been I, hearing I hear, them scuffling hear, like, the whole time. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, but if I try and break it up, they're just going to get louder and more annoying. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, 
the old man returns at the end of the film to tell our heroes that there might be more uh, kaiju out there, so they don't need to return to their mysterious planet, implying that technically they are just the Ultramen now, I guess. Uh. And our story ends with the promise of new beginnings as Scott embraces Susan and she says, finally, we can be together or something. And <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Scott embraces Susan and tells her now we can reach for the stars in response to saying she didn't think she would see him again. It's kind yep. of a weird response. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> then the show didn't get picked up for any more episodes. The end. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So first things first, uh, get this out of the way. It does feel like a pilot for an ultra TV show for sure. Uh, there's a lot of like, it doesn't, it's not as like, okay. We talked about how <laughs> Shin Ultraman is very episodic in its structure. Like I was like one, two, three, four, but this one isn't that bad with it, but you can definitely no. tell like the, like the, when they, when they fight the little baby, like that would have been like episode two and then episode three would have been the, like, you can definitely see like it, it, it still is like how they would have separated it episodically if they had put it on a, sh- uh, a TV show or a TV Yeah, you can see that this is like, this is a no, this is like a movie that they would have cut into three episodes and added like some filler scenes yes. where episode one is they get their henshins and then they fight the two first kaiju. And then the second, you know, second episode is like, oh, but we have to save this baby. And then like it ends with like, oh no, we all thought they were dead. Yeah. And the third one, yeah, is uh, is this really, really cool looking final boss monster. King Myra, yeah. Do they have names? Uh, I didn't, because they, they don't do say names, the names yes. in the actual, like, anime. And, no, uh, they, they do, they do. I, I have all their, their articles. Sick, about, okay, so. cool. Um, there, there was a couple of, two, two, two things that I noticed <clears throat> that were definitely felt like setups for stuff that was going to happen in the show. Yeah. Um. So they're general at the beginning, the one that's like really non-plussed by, you know, oh no, they were our best. And then uh, <laughs> when he sees his, his three best pilots die and he's just like, just like well, they were know. the best. Uh, so there was that, there's that moment. And then there's the moment right when he tells them to go on vacation. Uh, he turns away from our heroes and he gets this weird grin on his face. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't I tell think... if that was just like the animator's like resting face or like. Uh, see, <laughs> that's that's what I was wondering, too. But it also kind of to me, it felt like a like a secret ultra villain kind of thing. Yeah. Where they were going to reveal him to be like an alien or something like that. And same thing with the with the uh, the old man. Yeah. That knows who they are or what they are. Like I, when I first saw the old man first, I knew he was, I knew he was American, but in my head I was like, oh, maybe he's going to be like a, he's an old, he's, he's an old, old ultra. ultra. Yeah. yeah. He used to be an ultra and lost his ultra. And now it's like, you know, and now then like, it's like, they don't really reveal they, or they care really to that, like allude to what he is. <laughs> yeah. They, they it, it like, it sets it up that way, but then it never, never goes anywhere. So, um, but, uh, yeah. I, I, so other than that, I mean, the, the the characters themselves, I don't. There's not a lot to spend time on. No. They're all very archetype archetypal. Yeah. Um, uh, at least at least uh, Beth is not like the stereotypical. No, like, I said female. the team girl, but that's that was mean. She's kind of like <laughs> the the level headed, like oh boys, all right, you know. Especially yeah. she's she feels like the older sister to Scott where her main role is kind of like rolling her eyes at how like goofball he is. Yes. But then like she's shown as being confident. She's the first one to hench in, Uh, and like, yes, she's beats the first, the first monster. 
Yeah, so that's that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I like uh, I like the interactions between the three characters, uh, and a lot of that is due to the performance. But like, I could very very clearly see this being a TV show uh, with a monster of the week, or even a monster every you know two episodes. You know, where it's like the build up and then the defeat. You know, bump 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 right. bump bump bump. Um, I think that the the. I mean, you know what? I have to save a lot of that for like final thoughts and stuff. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's a fun. The characters are very very fun. Uh, the the weirdest thing is like, and this we'll get more into this in sound design. But like, there's there's a weird there's something going on with the mics in this. Yes, there definitely is, <laughs> and that's definitely yeah for sure. We'll we'll have to we'll have to talk about that in sound design for uh, sure. And then there's uh, the the three robot guys who I kind of briefly went over. They are comic relief characters. There's two combat droids, Ulysses and uh who are always bickering Samson with each other. Yeah. Uh and uh, yeah, they're they're kind of like the they're Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and then there's Andy who's the tiny little guy who's supposed to be like their like R2D2 character. Yes. Uh, who's really good at navigation, but like, we don't really like, they don't do much with that. Uh, I can imagine that like, if, you know, down the line, if this hadn't been a show, there'd be at least one episode where it's like the goofball sidekick robots had to save the day. Yeah. Oh, for, for, for Hanna-Barbera. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah uh, for sure. <laughs> Snarf had to save the day from time to time. Uh, you know? Yes, yes, yes. yes. For uh, sure. And then there's Susan Rand who is in, uh, not in charge. She has two kind of like head, scientist men they kind of yeah and they, they kind of like i think they were teasing with the with the last quote-unquote episode that if this had been picked up with a show as a show she probably would have transferred to be with them with, with their them team. with yeah. ultra force yeah because like because she knows the identity of of scott you know like so I, I just felt like that would have been the next logical step for her character would have been to be like yeah oh i'll help the ultra force like save the aliens kind of thing yeah well like um, trying to communicate with aliens in some way and then like yeah. obviously you can have your like mebius plot lines and stuff like that yes absolutely. uh she starts as very like a hardliner like uh she's very anti-ultra force because she's basically spent her entire life researching aliens and like the probability right. of aliens existing. She's done the Fermi equation over and over and over again. <laughs> she says that we look over all the equations and all the you know statistics. She's very vague about what she's done to research aliens up to this point in life. Yes. Uh but they mean a lot to her. And so seeing like, oh my gosh, a real life kaiju extraterrestrial thing showed up. And being just like and a the first few minutes, a few minutes yeah. too late because Scott blasted it into oblivion with like every single <laughs> ultra. He's like he does the specium. He does the like several of his like cross chop things. Yeah, he goes all in. He goes. He goes literally all in. It's it's actually really funny. It's a really uh, good shot. It's very cool. Yeah. But it's also very funny that seconds later she's like, I just want to go talk to him. To be fair. <laughs> He has a very solid defense, which is like, lady, when a thing, when a, you know, uh, a, a 50 foot tall monster shows up, starts chucking buildings at you. You don't stop to ask how the wife and kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> there um, are, there are some really great quotes from this movie. For it's sure. so it's quotable. very quotable. <laughs> really, really like charming character dialogue throughout yes. the whole thing. And it, it's uh regularly funny or like the line delivery is either funny or the line itself is good yes. uh 10 on 10 for the scripting you know uh <laughs> um 
But yeah, I mean, that's characters, uh, unless there's more you want to dive. I feel like, yeah, the old man is such a wash because like, clearly it feels he knows. like they were definitely, yeah, like he definitely knows a lot. Yeah. But he, they literally just don't talk about it. He like shows up. Yeah. And I was really confused because I thought, yeah, I thought once they got to the, the Mount Rushmore base, he was just going to be there. Yeah. Like, but he just, uh, he, you know, he's like, I live on the golf course. That's where yeah. my home is. And, it's then, like, uh... <laughs> and it's clear that like the Ultra Force entity that this old man runs or created or something is fully separate from the American government because yeah. the they were able to call the president on them and get like put on the most wanted list. So it's not a it's not a military operation. It's not tied to any governmental branch, which means that they secretly built a base inside Mount Rushmore and secretly built a secret base underneath the golf course. And uh, it, yeah, it, it does feel like very like it, its scope is so grand uh, that it feels like there should be some kind of lore or whatever. Because like even when they go into the secret base the first time, the old man's yeah. like, don't you remember anything? Doesn't this look familiar? You're an alien. And it's like, is the old man an alien? Is the old man from <laughs> is the old man from Alteris or whatever they called the ultra the land of light in this one? Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. I wish there was more more of an explanation, <laughs> even just a follow up. Uh, sure. If there was like a another like a comic series or something that like delve into because the world is fun and it like has those kinds of mysteries that you don't need to know the answer to. Yeah, uh, it's very. Um, what's that watermelon doing there? I'll tell you later. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah from uh, a yeah. buckaroo bonsai so there's just like a watermelon in like what looks like a hydraulic press and so some uh, uh jeff goldman was like what's that watermelon for and like they're like oh that i'll tell you later and then they just never address they it. they just never address it yeah <laughs> it, that a lot of the the you know there's a there's several watermelons in this <laughs> yes for sure um all right yeah so let's move on to the the kaiju and Ultraman. Um, do we want to hit kaiju first or the Ultraman first? Oh, the kaiju have some of the most varied like designs. Uh, the Ultraman kind of like are they're interesting for Ultraman, but like they're very close together. So yeah, we can just get them uh, out of the way if you'd like. Sure. Okay. Well, let's start with the most generic of the Ultras. Uh, so we've got Ultraman Scott. <laughs> um. So one of the distinct things with him and Chuck is that they have a giant USA star on their body. It's so um, Well, yeah. he's got it on his, like, his navel. It's on his belt. Like, his belt, yeah. yeah. And then Chuck has it on his chest. Yeah. But uh, it's a very distinct thing for these Ultras, because these Ultras did eventually get live-action suits. Yes. And have shown back up. In fact, we technically have already seen these Ultras. In the Because they showed up in Island. the Belial. Yep. yep. That's where they first uh, made their reappearance, <laughs> was in the uh, first Belial movie, where he... He kicked their asses. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he has a big star on his belt. Uh, he doesn't have a lot. Honestly, this this is weird. What's, one thing that's weird about him specifically is he does not have a lot of silver no. on his outfit. He's, like, he's mostly red with some very, very, like, he's got silver boots that, got, like, have, like, some spikes that go up to just above his, like, his knee. He's yes. got a white be- or a silver belt with like stripes that go up over his shoulder. Like he's wearing a belt and suspenders. <laughs> uh, and he's got like a white little like V neck, uh, like collar. And he's got some white gauntlets on, on his, like mm-hmm. his shoulders or shoulders, his forearms. Uh, the coolest thing. And this is a, this is a coolest for me. Cause finally I feel like represented in media. So he's got an ultra mullet, 
So he's got the yeah. Ultraman head, you know, big glowy eyes, the kind of like baked in like, you know, divot mouth. He's got like the the Ultra 7 spike on top of his head, but it swoops down to the back of his head. And on the yeah, back of his head, up. it curls. Whoop, it swoops up like a mullet. And that to me is the coolest shit. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's that's probably the most unique thing about him. Uh, speaking of just like uh, Ultra 7. Uh. Uh, all of their color timers are uh, on their heads. Yes, center of their heads. Uh-huh. Um, just a just as a you know, in case you were curious <laughs> where they where it was. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, do you want to move on to uh, Beth? Oh, well, or... let's talk about his abilities. Oh right? yes. Um, so he has uh, he has the most varied uh, techniques out of all of them. Um, so he has the uh, granium beam, which is the the traditional spacium beam out of his arm. Yeah. Then he has an ultra energy ball, uh, which he uses to defeat uh, uh, Garubalad. Um, then he has uh, the ultra slicer, where he does the ultra seven thing. He takes off his oh, he piece does? of his helmet. Well, he, he goes oh. like this. It doesn't actually remove it. But yeah, it, like, he takes it's... off like the top part of it or something like that. It's weird. Well, nothing comes <laughs> off, but he forms in his hand. It's the it's like he touches the thing, but it's like he throws. He still throws the it disc. from his. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. uh, so, it's like a combination of Ultraman and Ultra Seven's like blade attacks. Yeah, and then uh, he also has, uh, as it's described on the Ultraman wiki, by the way, the Ultra Push Beam, which I think <laughs> is really funny because it's literally just the beam that he uses to. To push, to the, push the baby, baby away, to not kill uh, the baby. Oh, I see. But the reason why people, they, they mark it as a separate thing is because it comes from the other arm. That's true. So he, and he it is it, a little tiny it. red laser as opposed yeah. to a giant, like... The giant blue, yeah. normal ultra beam. Yeah. Um, he can fly, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's straightforward powers. Uh, he's, he's the most classic, like, Ultraman... When it comes to powers, because the other two seem to have like very, very, very limited one shot abilities, you know? <laughs> well, Chuck, Chuck uh, who's who's next on my list. Yeah. <clears throat> Arzafi for the day. Hey, Arzafi. But he also has the least amount of screen time, honestly. He does. Um, yeah. And he doesn't he do, he really only shows uh, two two attacks. Basically, he, he shows off his. uh uh, the bubble beam, yeah, can form a beam around somebody, yeah, and then uh, and then he has the the normal granium beam, and then uh, as well he does have an ultra slicer, oh, but okay. uh, but it's but it's still very like once again he gets the least amount of screen time. He's barely in this yeah. movie, so uh, but Rob likes one thing about him, I'm sure, because I know there's one very distinct thing about his, his uh, big old beard. Yep. Uh, he is one of the very few ultras that has facial hair. <laughs> it's so because it's, it's what's funny about it is like he himself doesn't have a beard. No, yeah, I thought the I thought act before like I saw the, the human character. roles. Like, yeah, before I saw the human characters, all I had seen was the poster. Yeah, and on the poster, I was like, oh, he has a beard. I was like, oh, so Chuck must have like a big old like bushy human beard, yeah. and that's what transfers over no. to him becoming an ultra. Nope, Chuck <laughs> the person has no facial hair. Chuck, uh, Ultraman Chuck, has. The like the Green Ranger like shoulder pauldrons, the Zafi bolts down the center, big old American star in the chest, and a big old metal beard on his face. Yep. I I mean he's an Ultraman dad, so it makes sense. But like at the same time, I it's it's very it's very good. It's charming. <laughs> it is very charming for sure. Um, 
But yeah, so like I said, he he doesn't have a lot going on. But yeah, he does. Uh, I've got. I'm actually trying to figure out how to how to make the beard stand out in the uh, in the in the image. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you leave yeah. that silver, and then. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's he he has one of the more interesting designs of the three. But yeah, like I said, he's just barely used. Uh, yeah. I was actually kind of disappointed because I thought he. Like I, I knew, like in the poster, obviously he's off to the left. But I, yeah. for some reason, in my head, since he's the older character, I thought like, oh, he's gonna be like the, the mentor to the two younger, yeah, kids or something. But <laughs> it really is not that at all. He's just a, just another ultra. He just looks a little different. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I could see him playing the Panthara role down the line, uh, sure, where he has more of like a mentoring role with Scott, but he kind of like doesn't interact with Scott all that much, other than be like, "Hey, he's just being a kid." <laughs> exactly. He's yeah. a despondent dad, you know. Exactly. Um, but yeah, okay. So then uh, we've got our uh, our female Ultra Beth. Uh, Beth. Ultraman uh, Beth. By the way, <laughs> Ultraman Beth, not Ultra Woman Beth. Ultraman Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she, uh, she has a, a full on belt in the center of her waist, uh-huh. uh, with a diamond shaped, uh, like belt clasp essentially that she's also wearing a necklace, which I think is the weirdest part of the design, honestly. Yeah. Uh, she's her got a pearl. full on like pearl necklace. Yes. Uh, it's wild. Martha. No life there. Yeah. <laughs> Martha. Martha. <laughs> Martha. Um, yeah, and then of course for for female ultras, they do ha- always have a uh, a fake hair uh, yes. to their helmet. <laughs> so she has these two basically pigtails coming off the side. It's like a crescent bolts. moon. She's got like yeah. a, a downward facing crescent moon. Yeah, uh, and then bolts on the actual hair itself. Yeah, uh, big 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 old bolts. <laughs> um, and then she definitely has her her face is definitely more feminine. Yeah, uh, featured. Um, and then she really looks like she's wearing like a one piece bathing suit. Yes. That's uh, how I would describe it. Um, it's very, uh, yeah, just very much just a one piece bathing suit. It's, well, I mean, um, yeah, she's got like, it looks like she, like it's actually like her silver looks like it's skin. So she's yeah. got like, yeah, one piece uh, bathing suit that like, you know, like it's one of those thigh highs that's red with the the belt. And then like, she's got some like silver under her boobs. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Uh, and then, like, little red that goes up to these, like, tiny little shoulder pauldrons. And then she's got big old high heel boots on, little knee-high boots uh, that are red as well. Uh, great design, 10 out of 10. Uh, step on me, please. And okay. as we as, as we talked about with her, uh, she has the normal Ultraman beam, but she also has a, uh, a very specific uh, Ultraman beam to her that is the Ultra Spout where she, if she's on water or near water, she can call like she can focus a jet stream of water out of her uh, out of her fingertips. Yeah, um, she uses it to to defeat uh, one of the kaiju, but also she uses it against <clears throat> the big final boss at the end too. Yeah, um, and then other than that, she she has just the the normal, like I said, the the ultra slicer she uses as well. Um, yeah, but. Uh, so it's it is cool because she does use that uh, the ultra spout in uh, in her live action appearances. One of her live action appearances, we see her use it as well. So that's pretty fun. Um, but so one thing I'll say with her, they so they wanted since she's the first one that comes in and takes care of business. Yeah. At first, I was like excited for that. I was like, oh, cool! Like she actually does like a good 
like I don't know, like she she does good in the battle. Um, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, like halfway through the battle with uh, Green Shocks, uh, she like I don't know. They tried to get like wrapped her in tentacles and tried to make her look like <laughs> yeah, they did. You know, but like, they, to make it they like she's still and... they still did a butt shot on a, a giant yep, fifty foot tall giant... Ultra Man <laughs> woman. So uh... <laughs> yep, still happened. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's the three ultras. So let's get into the villains. Yeah. So first we've got green shocks, who is the plant kaiju. Rob, take it away. Uh, green shocks is, uh, a very interesting for a kaiju design because it's essentially a plant octopus. So it's got like root tentacles. They're kind of like the, you know, like six ish legs. It's kind of hard to count. Uh, and then like, it's got two bigger, like arms with like, uh, white claws that come out like of the torso area with about four, like pedally vines on, uh, either side of that in the center is a big angry looking face with red eyes and red mouth. And above the face growing out of the head is a giant pink flower, uh, that when it opens up, uh, is, uh, a mixture of like, a a piranha plant and uh a uh like a like a lava pit uh like there's <laughs> there's a its brain has its digestive juices yeah so it's like it's like you took a squid and you put it upside down yes because it's got a beak it's got a squid beak up at the top of its head and it's got yeah like a bunch of digestive juices surrounding the little squid beak yeah um yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, it's a very interesting design uh, and it's its special abilities are digest and regenerate. Uh, yeah, if, this thing if, regenerates like a mother, just like just like cell. If even a little bit of it is left down on the ground, it can uh, grow back from that. So at one point, uh, Beth is like drowning it and it wraps a single branch of itself around a rock. Mm-hmm. So while the body dissolves in the salt water, it fully regenerates a brand new variant of itself. And she has to use her her water spout on it. Yes, and uh, honestly, like I I'll give credit to this monster for one thing. Um, I'll it always fascinates me whenever we get like an anime based on uh, like a Tokusatsu product, um, and they don't do something like this because this is a monster that would not work as a suit. Yeah, and I like that about it. I yeah. like that it's unique and it's something you could only do in animation. Because it's like the puppetry for this thing would be insane. Oh, yeah. like you'd have to have the budget of Violante to do this monster. A hundred percent. And they, so, like having the animation, like you, you really get to shine, showing it just being this weird tentacle yeah. brain thing walking around. Um, <laughs> so it's really fun. Uh, I, I like I liked this monster as like the first thing they fought. Yeah. Um, and then uh, immediately after, or what, during actually, not yeah. after, uh, we also get uh, let's see, Garubalad. Uh, which is the electro kaiju yeah. uh, with its two forms, Eem and then Gar- Garubalot is the full like armored form. Oh. So Eem is the, it's as Rob head. described it, it's just, a, it's just one of those things you saw at Spencer's gifts. It's yeah. The little electro ball um, with a little, little buggy face. Yeah. Uh, a very bad looking spinal face. column hanging out underneath it. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's a big old tower. It's the final boss in, uh, in, uh, Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. Yes. Is what it is. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what is this? This is something from a video game, but I couldn't quite play. Yeah, I couldn't. Okay. The, yeah. The big tower brain thing. A hundred percent. And then Garubalad is a more traditional like kaiju that you can see a suit of. So yeah. it's got the big electro brain uh, thing still. 
but it's got a big like a dragon face like on the front of it. Uh, it's completely silver. Um, it's made up from didn't it like pull like metal from things to form its body? Uh, I, I can't remember. Yes, I feel like that's right. <laughs> I would have to I would have to rewatch the video. It happens so fast. Is the problem. yeah uh, yeah. I but I do think you're right. I think like the 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 like UFO brain kind of comes out of the water. The rock breaks away, and then I think metal then like, flies towards just it. Metal flies and makes the the big big body. Yeah. Um. So it's got electric. It's got a lot of electric attacks. Yeah. Uh. So it's got like a beam that fires from its tail. It's got just electroshocks coming from its face and its uh big pincer things on its shoulders. Yeah. Um. Uh, the the brain uh the brain form eem. Uh, like fires just electric from electricity from everywhere. Um, and yeah, uh, it's a, like I said, it's a fun one. This is one that I could definitely have seen being a real like ultra monster on an, on a, uh, an episode of the show for sure. (laughs) Um, excuse me. That's right. Um, and then coming up next is Zune the baby. Zune. Uh, so this, this is our Paimon of the, of the series. Uh, he's a, a big, uh, very rotund dragon. He looks like <laughs> something you would fight in like, um, uh, dragons. Oh my gosh. What's that art with that JRPG? I was literally just trying to play it. Uh, dragon quest, dragon quest. Yeah. He looks like a, a boss from dragon quest. Yes. Uh, he's got this big, like, it's like very lobster coloring where he's got like a, uh, like a red shell looking carapace on his back and a soft little pudgy underbelly and a big old like walrusy like uh or not walrus but um hippopotamus face with some yeah. tusks kind of coming out. Uh he's got these green fingerless gloves on and green shoes. Uh and aside from that is just a classic big old fat dragon. Big old fat friendly dragon. <laughs> uh you know. Um he's very sweet. His powers seem to be crying, cowering, shaking uh and growing <laughs> some translucent bug wings from his spine yes uh, surprisingly <laughs> uh which you know when that first happened like when like the ports open up on his back it's just these two green orbs and i was like oh, he's gonna shoot like a death laser no <laughs> he just he grows wings seems as shocked as the audience is and they start yes. slowly floating up into the air <laughs> Uh, he flies he flies he's a a little adorable guy (laughs) uh it's very cute um i wish him the best on his uh thousand year long journey to a a habitable planet uh with no food water uh uh even a blanket uh michelle and i joked about like a post-credit scene where like after the credits roll you would just see like it'd be deep space and then you'd see Uh a ball drifting by and then it would say like you know (laughs) Like well, three thousand years later, and you just sadly. see like uh, an orb with a uh, like a skeleton sitting, just like floating limply in it. Well, you know, you're not too far off technically because uh, if you remember the first Belial movie <laughs> uh, and his final body, where he's like made up with a bunch of kaiju's, yeah, uh, from the graveyard, yeah, oh, no. uh, Zoon is on there. No, yep, a little, oh, little, little Zoon is on the on the body at one spot. So uh, they should just invite. Oh, I don't think he made it. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah, I guess that's canon now. That's lore. Oh no. So they just yep. pushed him out into outer space, and they're like, "Bye!" And he's like, "Goodbye, parents. I love you." 
Sure, I'm hungry. <laughs> sure, I am hungry. Yeah, you you remember the the giant Satan? Yes, of the I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see Zune on that. Oh my god. Yep, he's there. <laughs> oh, that's tragic. I I can't wait to tell Michelle because that was like our fa- we were laughing consistently throughout this movie, but that was like our favorite bit at the end. Uh and then uh, that leads us to our final boy, King Myra. King Myra has a handful of forms. Really, there's like three variants that are like really important to talk about because yes. like his final form is when he gets like wild yes uh but like i already kind of described his first form is like a gremlin mew hybrid it's a, it's a the, well the very very first form the little the little baby little, little pink, pink one. baby yeah. yeah so it's very much like gremlins is a great example because it's it's a it's a mogwai yeah it's a, it's a very cute little little creature and then, like, yeah, then as, after all the torturing and stuff, it becomes a gremlin. Like, so it gets little horns. Yeah. It's blue skin now. Uh, very creepy. Big old it's, toothy mouth. It, tra- it like, if the first word it says, it, like, turns purple. Because, like, there's a sequence where they look away from it and its eyes flash purple for a bit. So, yeah. like, was it already evil? I don't know. Uh, and then like, then they torture it and it's definitely evil, but like uh, the, the best scene is, it's not a favorite moment. It's just a really good scene is she's like, Susan, it's like, Susan. she's like, Oh, I can understand English. Yay. So she's like, I gotta tell everyone. So she runs off and then like, it cuts back to, to, uh, uh, the little guy and he's sitting on this couch and he goes, Susan. and like he turns purple <laughs> he and he drools yeah. and he grows fangs. It's like, Oh, it's so, it's, it's so it's spooky. very spooky. Yeah. It's very spooky for <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, then it has its, uh, its second form, uh, which is, uh, where it gets, uh, about five meters tall. So it basically starts to grow, <clears throat> into its final form so it's it's yeah its ears are more angular more angry its horns on its head get bigger uh it's starting to get that uh creepy muscle muscle definition that it has in its yeah. final form um and yeah it's just it's just like evolving bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yes uh it will one day it'll in a few days be bigger than the planet earth yes. which I, wow <laughs> uh, <laughs> not too shit. far off either that's bad <laughs> um but yeah uh so that that's its second form it's just kind of just like growing bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and then we get its final form which is wild which is very much like a uh ultraman uh final boss it's uh, honestly it gives the one a run for its money yes uh, we had some really cool designs, and I think this is like this is going to be a, a kaiju that lives with me for a while. I really liked it. Yeah, uh, agreed. It has like a bat-like head with those big, you know, uh, gremlin ears, uh, and just big rows of teeth and these big red eyes. But now it's grown like three horns. It's got one rhino horn in the front, and then it's got two like deer-like antlers in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, its neck is ridged and like folded like a red king neck style, mm-hmm. you know, very plated armor. Uh, its shoulders have, you know, the spikes that it was starting to grow, but now exploding out of the tops of his shoulders are not two crow heads, but instead just two xenomorph mouths, like two yes. snakes just explode from his shoulders. Um, 
And then, uh, so he's got his big buff boy arms on the side with his big three clawed fingers. But then in his torso are two little tiny Quaid, activate the machine arms. It's the it's the it's the uh, alien queen's little secondary yeah. arms that she has. Well, it's the very much arms. The, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so it just kind of grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it's about, according to the wiki, about five hundred meters tall by the end of its growth spurt. Uh, which, which matches up, uh, you know, when they're dragging it into the sun, yeah. uh, it's, it's very large. Um, so, uh, obviously its biggest threat is that it continues to grow. Uh, it can also teleport or, or turn not, invisible. whatever it is, <laughs> both. Well, it's uh, weird. Cause the first time it does it, it does the Martian Manhunter thing where it turns seemingly transparent and sinks into the ground. Yes. The second time it does it, it turns translucent and then swirls into a little bubble and then vanishes. And then other times it just kind of turns translucent. But then at the very, very final round, when like uh, it's, it turns translucent, Susan sprays it with a, or not Susan, uh, Beth sprays it with her water spout. Yes. And then that makes it just covered in water. And then Chuck's able to grab it. So then it's like, Oh, it, it didn't teleport. But then its severed tail teleports back to it. Yes. So, so it can teleport sometimes. I, it's wild. In the in the movie, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, on the wiki, just because I, I am using it for the for the powers and stuff, it's it literally says King Myra could teleport at will as long as he is not wet. Uh, oh so, well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> it's not said in the movie in any way, shape, or form, but uh, it, it makes sense, I suppose. Um. I mean, that works. That's a fine, like, (laughs) limitation to it, you know? Yeah. Honestly, it kind of ties into the whole gremlin look of the creature, right? The whole weakness to water kind of thing. it does. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. um, I don't know if that was intentional. Probably not. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, and then uh, the other ability that it has – oh, I I should have mentioned as well, when it gets to its final big form, uh, the horns on its head kind of grow into, like, more like antlers, like deer antlers. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it has, and then the xenomorph mouths, uh, I was thinking of two things when I saw them, obviously Biolante because it's a kaiju. Yeah. Yep. And then the other thing I was thinking was actually tremors, uh, oh, little tongues yeah. inside the mouth of the big, Absolutely. Uh, grab this, is, this is, this uh, is, well, wait, 87. Yeah. This is pre tremors. Yeah. Wow. Pre, pre Biolante too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. anyway. Oh, wait. Yeah, it's pre-Bi... Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Pre-Biolante, pre-Lizzie, and yet, you know. Yeah, and then the other thing <sighs> that it has... Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, it has its big old st- extendo body parts where it can just, like, make them stretch out. Yes. And then uh, it has fire streams that it fires yeah. out of its mouth. Um, all it's three of them. awesome. Uh, yeah. Every single monster in this is awesome, but the, those uh, this, this final boss is extremely cool. Uh, yes. I loved it. Once again, another another Ultraman like the like the the first one, the the green one. Like like I said, you couldn't pull that off as a suit. No, uh, but this one definitely like you could have done as a suit. It would have had like three different suits, but yeah, you could and well, do it. <laughs> and it also would have had to have like puppeteers and all this other stuff. Sorry, Crunch is now whining for my attention in the corner. Crunch, what? What do you want? You want me to just look at you? He just wants me to look at him and maintain eye contact. <laughs> maintain eye contact. Don't look away, father. Okay. I'm staring at you, Crunch. Are you are you happy now? 
No. Okay. Well. Yeah. So I would have been really, I would have been really interested to see, like, if this has gotten another season, or not another season, but a season of a show. Um, I think it would have been really interesting to see, like, what mon- what other monsters they had come up with. You know, would would we have gotten some like reimaginings of like classic Ultra monsters? Or would they have been all original like this? I mean, I have to assume eventually <laughs> you would have like, I have to assume eventually you would have some like unique designs. Not necessarily, sorry, some uh, classic designs, just because these went so hard, like immediately out of the gate. Um, but, uh, you know, Hanna-Barbera was really good at monster designs and like uh, Hanna-Barbera Godzilla never fought, you know, any of his classic monsters. It's true. It was always uh, the there's, swamp there's some boy. references. Yeah, there's some references with the designs in Hanna-Barbera yeah. Godzilla, but it's never like, yeah, it's never directly. Um, yeah. You know, one thing I was going to say, I guess this is final thought. Yeah, I'll save it for final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, those are our monsters and our ultras that we see in the show. Uh, we have the robots, but they look very generic. Like they're not even really. Yeah. I mean, I, I can talk about them real quick. The, there's, yeah, if you don't mind. There's, uh, I don't re- really remember. Yeah. So there's three robots. There's Andy. Andy is the short one who's got really spindly arms and a big alpha head. Uh, and he's got two green eyes painted onto the center of his visor. <laughs> one's really tiny, one's really big. And then sometimes they can change, especially when he has a crush on Susan towards the end. Uh, and he's got a big, like, red metallic center body. Uh, then there is Ulysses, who is the uh, uh, the leaner combat droid. And he's very C-3PO. He's got, like, a, a very 70s robot look. You got a mohawk. You got, like, little kind of, like... Uh, a generic like vaguely humanoid face with a visor and like a glowy rectangle for a mouth uh and he's got these yellow like a yellow torso and yellow like gauntlets on mm-hmm. then there's the big boy samson who's the big blue robot uh, uh gb666 uh uh who's also got a mohawk also has the visor eyes and uh, like a little like you know circuit board looking mouth uh, and he's got big blue shoulder pauldrons and like what looks like a jetpack on the back, but he doesn't use it. So, you know, uh, <laughs> so does it really count? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm throwing those in there really quickly and subtly, you know, like not as a, a yeah. focal point because they're not really, you know, yeah, they're, they're not a focal point in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So favorite, least favorite, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, so least favorite for me is so short and simple. Uh, and I basically alluded to it multiple times throughout the, uh, the recording. Uh, so do you want to start with that? Yeah, we can do that. Go ahead. Uh, because I've got a lot of favorite moments. Uh, so I think least favorite is honestly the, the, like (laughs) the old man. Yeah. His plot seems totally unnecessary. It could have just been the robots landing on earth with like a robot ship, uh, and like establish and like we're from the planet blah blah blah. We were following suit or following an uh you know uh a year the Ultra Force when they landed here and blew up on you. Uh, right. the old man adds this this like mentor character who ends up not mentoring them. He disappears for most of the movie. Right. So his introduction doesn't it only adds like a weird mystery that seems like maybe down the line they could have fleshed out, but then they don't do anything with it, and then. He shows back up at the very, very end of the movie to be like, well, there might be more kaiju out there. I don't know. Also, by the way, you're the ultras now. Yeah. Like, you were always the ultras. Like, <laughs> you wait, were, what? You, you are <laughs> no longer. The humans that used to inhabit your bodies are dead. So now you're yes. just an Ultraman. So 
which is very odd. I mean, it's I mean, Ultraman's always weird about that conversation. Yeah. Uh, with very few exceptions, like the only real one that I've seen that like clearly defined it was uh was Geed because Geed is an Ultraman. Like he literally is. And Seven is just a guy. Like it's just an Ultraman who's that's true pretending to be a human. And then there's, I guess, like, a lot of the the recent ones are very, like, they distinguish that, like, the Ultraman is a person, and the person is a person, and then the Ultraman just kind of, like, Yeah, I guess that you say that, it's mostly mostly the the old Ultraman that are like, oh, you crashed into the planet and crashed into someone and killed them. It's like, oh, uh, Uh -oh. okay, that sucks. Yeah, in this one, it's it's particularly vague, which is a little bit, like, irksome, because I, I keep being like, okay, well, then what? Oh, uh. Yeah, yeah, it's very, like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it, obviously, but it is, it is interesting that, like, there's, I don't know, I, I, like, I feel like they were unfocused, like, they didn't know what they wanted to do with it. Yeah, no, 100%, uh, I agree with you. Um I don't really have a traditional moment um, in this one yeah. uh, that I hate, that I disliked. Uh, my only real thing um, is a uh, is the the freaking uh, 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 the audio editing uh, of this is <laughs> atrocious. It, um, I do you want me to save this for for when we talk about sound design, or can I say my bit? You can say your bit on it, because because that's what I was gonna say is it's just like it's so wild. Like Rob already kind of mentioned it earlier. It's like, like they it had one like, mic. Yeah, they had one mic that they had to like pass between each other. So anybody's line of dialogue, they weren't allowed to let it overlap. No, like it had to like pause <laughs> for a second, or the audio was like cut, cut. off very so sharply. You hear like a character is talking, and all, this, and then they come uh, another character comes back. I just yeah. used my like our, slider bar to emulate it. <laughs> <laughs> like on our, our our opening that we chose uh, is definitely like a good example of. Yeah, I'm going to edit that. Specific. So the unedited episode, you may not hear it, but I'm going to edit the actual intro in the way that of where I'm going to hard cut <laughs> my your audio and yeah. then hard cut my audio at the end. That's why I left a space between it. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm going to yeah. overlap the like. So it's. Uh, the listeners of the edited episode will will get that intro is the way so much of the dialogue in this is done. Yeah, and like, is it the sound editor is just like literally splicing audio reels? Maybe well, it's wild too, because like I was actually surprised. I know we're gonna talk about this in animation, but like I was surprised by the quality of the animation. And it's like, did you just did you use all your budget on the animation? Like, <laughs> run out of time and budget for the uh, for the. the <laughs> the other stuff you know like yeah. is, that, is that what happened um i don't know it, it's just a weird thing and like it was the only thing that was bothering me the entire time and it's not just with the dialogue either um it's it's also with like some of the sound effects and stuff yeah. get cut off as well there's a lot um, of like oh someone's about to talk yep. and yep. it's just like, gotta cut off the audio you know that explosion that's going off right now yeah we gotta cut it off because someone's about to talk yeah it doesn't like so. fade there's no like audio fades in and out you know no no yeah it's, no fading is not a thing in this movie very hard Fading cuts. audio is not a thing <laughs> <laughs> uh yes yeah, i mean that's really like which says a lot about this 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 movie is that that was really the only thing that was like really bothering me yeah um yeah it's like you're right the character like of the uh the dude could be cut out completely um <laughs> for sure i agree with that yeah um but uh but yeah i mean uh, other than that other than those 
And like I said, the weird moment with the general, like it was very strange. Like I was like, what is, what is that supposed to mean? Is that supposed to be something? Yeah. And like, I got flashbacks because we just watched Ultraman the next and, you know, the entire time. <laughs> I was thinking that his friend in the, in the military was going to be a bad guy because of how he was acting. Yeah. So I was like, am I lo- just like looking for stuff? Like, am I like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, because like, I think, you know, so far the, the most Ultraman you've consumed is TV show formatting where the TV show has to build slowly on these events and then do a big reveal. Uh, this doesn't do any kind of like building and revealing. It's just like, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, audio, audio is definitely my, my biggest, uh, biggest complaint. Yeah. Sure. Uh, that's fair. It, Cause it is, it's weird. It's wackadoodle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to favorite moments? Yes. Uh, you go first. Obviously, like generally, I think there's just a lot to love. Uh, there's some very, very like hilarious, like lines of dialogue. Uh, hey, lady, do you want a T-shirt? Like, you know, just like super goofball <laughs> stuff. Uh, you know, like <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the German like uh, Bayou Explorers. Oh, is yeah, very funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I think for me, like it's just there's this moment that's like very just like just 80s animation at its peak. And it's right when they start to fight uh, King. What's his name? Uh, the the final boss. Oh, uh, King. I closed it. Uh, oh. King uh, Myra. King Myra. So before they get blown up and henshined, which again, another funny bit. I love the fact that they're henshined. They don't have beta capsules, so they have to crash their plane into something to, to henshin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I I love that uh, when they're they're like, they, they basically like drop down in between the cities and they're doing a Death Star trench run between all the buildings to blow up the ground underneath uh, the kaiju to make him fall into the ground. Yes. And they animate so cool. All, like they, you know, it's like they're actually like it's the, you know, it's variable fame, frame rate in that they're drawing every frame as opposed to drawing every like fifth frame. Yes. Uh, where like the, the jets are zipping through these buildings and like the foreshortening effect is just so awesome. And uh, Scott zips past Susan at one point and you see him looking out the window and you see her drifting by. Uh, and it's just like it's it's so kinetic and it yes. reminds me of like, you know, uh, the best segments of like Robotech, the best segments yeah. of like those those 80s like cartoon shows where they would really get like, OK, this is our big moment. We're like we've saved our budget for this everyone's like you know all hands on deck for like making this one sequence you know where suddenly yeah. like it's a 20 20 you know three frames per second it's like a proper 30 frames per second kind of thing zipping through and then like the missiles dropping underneath and then like shaking as they the rockets fire and then blast in front of them it's just such a like uh, it just bits and bops i love things moving you know yep yep <laughs> uh and there's a uh, several other uh, moments that are very similar to that, but that one, like, I was like, I got to pick one and I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mine is, it happens at the same time, so I'm cheating, but uh, mine is the first two kaiju uh, fights. Uh, I think they're really, really fun, uh, really great um, uh, animation during those fights, uh, really fun, just ultra, ultra feel to everything. 
Um, you know, definitely, if it, it felt like what the show was trying to do the entire time. Yeah, and I really appreciated that. I thought it was really, really fun. I had I had a blast with it. So, uh, so yeah, my those first two fights, um, the the clever like I, I liked the, even though it was stupid, it didn't make any sense. The whole water thing, like, oh, we got to get it in salt water. I'm like, uh, oh. what? Uh, but, I mean, uh, it will slowly die. Yes, <laughs> yes, over time, sure. Uh, but uh, but no, it was still it was still just so much fun. Like I liked, I also liked seeing a lot of uh, uh, the ultras interacting with humans, like talk, like not actually yeah. talking, obviously, but like registering that the humans are there yeah like instead of it just being like i don't know <laughs> i i just i don't know i liked that i thought that was fun uh I, I really liked those first two battles um i think the king myra fight goes a little too long it's a really fun flight fight but like uh it, it was a it, contender for me for a little bit but then like it, it just kind of kept going yeah and it definitely like, eh. it feels like one of those things where it's like they this is a two-parter episode you know and it's like yes they run out of power and like they you know it's like do oh no and they're all beat up and then like the military Can comes the ultras in. survive yeah, yeah. Oh, boop, boop, boop. and then you start up the next episode with them going into space getting the recharge and going down and finishing the fight but yeah, Absolutely. as one episode, as but one as, fight, as like a one cohesive fight, it's, it's like a little lacking, like uh, uh, fifteen minutes, you know, of like a nonstop, you know. It's like okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, um, I I will say, <laughs> I didn't I didn't mention at least favorite moments, but I did tell you about it earlier. And thinking about it now, I can excuse the old man being like something they would have done something with down the line. The thing I can't excuse is the reveal that like him doing his like cross finger like scout salute is the reveal that it's Scott. Oh, when yeah. they don't draw attention. I don't know if like there's other scenes he where does he it, does but it. They don't, yeah. They, oh, he does I it, just but they don't draw it. attention to it. But no, okay. it's, yeah, it's it's still a sin on the movie because it, it doesn't it doesn't they don't they don't they don't. Damn, they don't and I did my I right. did my watch it twice thing. To be fair, I I wasn't looking for that the the because like the first he time I saw it. it yeah, he does it to her like the first time that they meet. Oh, uh, when he's going up into the thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, you're right. So <laughs> I think it's yeah. What's but once again, it's still not. That's no excuse for it because it it really does <laughs> have that problem for sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but okay, so let's talk animation because I think that's this is really interesting conversation. Um, because it's really funny. It, it is Hanna Barbera. Yeah. But you can tell. That it's not normal Hanna Barbera. Well, it's like, Hanna Barbera with like, a it's a movie because Hanna Barbera can't yeah. you know like was knew how to like produce an animated show that was syndicated for TV, which means right. that like yeah, limited turnaround time, limited budget, and you need to make fifty episodes for this year, right? You know, and so like yeah, Scooby Doo, there's reused shots, there's like you know frequent animation cells that are like being like re rendered. Uh, this does not have anything that they use multiple times because there's a budget behind it. And because yes. they were like, this is a movie that if it does well, will lead to maybe a TV show. Um, yeah. But like what I was saying though, is I was more talking style though. Oh, like, I think I, cause I wasn't reminded much of, uh, much of Hannah Barbera's stuff specifically. I was more reminded, reminded of you, you, you mentioned Robotech just a second ago. Yeah. Robotech, like, uh, like, early Gundam, you know, like it's, yeah. it has that feel to it. Um, yeah, I, for me, um, I, I like, I did recognize this as, uh, like, uh, Centurions, uh, oh my gosh, wait, wow. There's like, 
There's several episodes of it. Wait, was Centurions done by Hanna Barbera? Hold on. I actually now I'm I'm <laughs> I'm second guessing myself. I might have been wrong. Oh my gosh, yeah, it may not have been done at all by. Oh. Yeah, it's not. Okay. Oh. Well, there you go. Hanna Barbera did not do the show that I thought. So yeah, this is just uh a, it is Hanna Barbera trying uh, like emulating that kind of like that style anime american anime or american studio producing a show in like korea uh style like you know there's like it loses a lot of the cartoony affectation and is more realistic like shaped proportioned humans uh even if you watch like the ghostbuster show from this era the the like frame rate is the same the d- detail in the designs is the same but like the characters look cartoonish Whereas, right. like, it's very G.I. Joe. Yes. G.I. Yes. Joe. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just, a, and, I, and I mean this in a, I mean, I mean it in a nice way. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, like, dissing it. I've just, I just noticed it, like, well, especially when the, yeah, like, especially when the action was going on or the, like, the planes were flying and yeah. stuff like that. I was like, oh, man, that's very, like, yeah, like, Robotech or early Gundam stuff. Like, and I, and I loved it for that. Um and it made me sad because this is what I was going to mention earlier. Um, you know, it actually really kind of is is sad because this sh- this like just missed the the like the perfect timing um, <laughs> because this is this is you know right at the early nineties. If yeah. this show had been made slightly earlier or, or slightly later, like when oh, yeah. Toonami was big in the states, like if this had played on Toonami. I oh, could have yeah. seen this getting like a big following from people being like, oh, my God, that's so much fun. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's a big like, you know, Ultraman thing. Like whereas in the 80s, the U.S. just wasn't quite there for accepting that anime animation style yet. And I think that really probably hurt its chances um, as far as getting uh, getting its you know show picked up, essentially. Yeah, um, because I yeah, I think. Because I mean, think of think of Toonami. You know, once Toonami kicked off in the oh, states, yeah. like they showed, you know, they showed Eight <laughs> the Mess Team and all those old Gundam stuff. Like, yeah, and it was hugely popular yeah. in the states. So yeah, I think that's that's just something really fascinating to me as I was watching this. I was like, I can see why this didn't get picked up. <laughs> not because it's bad. It's like no, it's, it's actually just, really fun. It's just, it's just smidge, not the right time. A smidge off timing wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and GI Joe kind of ran its course and was already like burned out by the time this came around so like let's see here yeah yeah yeah. so i mean it really is just like one of those things where like uh you know if you were looking for this style of animation oh yeah the, all the vhs movies start coming out it looks like uh, of, yeah uh, of um gi joe at this time yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, they were just like uh, at the tail end of that era of animation right before. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you've, you've got your, your Thundercats and GI Joes and Transformers. And then yes. like, those are all coming to an end. And then like, it's like, okay, well the next big thing, Ultraman. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my feelings on it is I, I think that's just a kind of a fascinating yeah uh, thing is that I think like. I, I just think if it, if this had been made slightly later, I think it actually would have been, uh, <laughs> yeah, it would have been unique for sure. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, once again, though, I think that the it's a very like, 
Well, you know what's interesting is this was released, this was in theaters. Like, it wasn't just like an OVA straight to VHS. It was like it had a proper theatrical run in America. Oh, it did? Yeah. Uh, released in theaters in uh, uh, October 12th, uh, 1987. Huh. Wow. Man. That's really interesting. Man. I, this, I mean, it's really, yeah, like I do wish, I do wish that there was like, you know, more of this this like series i because i do really like the characters but maybe that's i'm getting sidetracked from uh that's final thoughts sorry <laughs> uh sound design yeah i mean so we kind of already talked about it we but, talked uh... about the worst element which is the weird cutoff issues i will say though uh that the explosions the sound effects the pew pew pews uh, uh, all of that is that good, like eighties cartoon style, like, uh, uh, sound effects. And the music is all that kind of brassy instrumental upbeat, you know, uh, Hanna-Barbera music. Like they went to their sound guy yes. uh, or their, you know, their orchestra and said, make, make us a soundtrack. Uh, so it's very like, it's very fun, very lighthearted, very energetic, uh, music, uh, yes. very heavy on the brass section and uh uh good good drum good bass beat yes uh without it being like you know um yeah i i think it's great i i <laughs> i i like i like all the music i like all the sound effects the problem is the audio mixing is off yes in a way that is confusing to me where like characters are supposed to be speaking over each other but instead of doing that, they just kind of like weirdly cut around it or alternatively scenes hold for like a really long time. Yeah. Without yeah. it being emotionally impactful. Like, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, these characters are looking sweetly at each other, but it comes off as really awkward because the facial animation doesn't like show emotion in a way that like makes it like, oh, and there's no swelling of music or anything. So it's just like, well, what will you do? I guess I'll go with you. <laughs> it's like, it's very Absolutely. like there's these really, especially during the middle part, right before you get to uh, the Zune uh, fight, there's a lot of really awkward pauses that are supposed to be, I think cutesy between two characters. Yes. Uh, but it, it, you know, or like, honestly, right, like right before they do their first big Kaiji fight, they're standing on top of Mount Rushmore and they're like, I guess we really are the ultra force. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's they're trying to time it with like a musical swell as opposed to timing the music with them. Yes. So yes. it's like they made the soundtrack first or maybe the soundtrack was from uh, some other property that Hanna-Barbera already owned. I, I wouldn't be surprised for that. Second and then Hanna-Barbera <laughs> was like, yeah, we'll just put this into here. And they're like, okay, triumphant music swells here. And then like the audio engineer was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, and then there's like the buildup. The timpani is like too long before the. Yeah. So then they were like, OK, we'll just pause the dialogue. And the characters <laughs> just stand there awkwardly. And then it's like, oh, the ultra yeah, force. <laughs> it's almost like they were trying to do like a big like. Like a, uh, the other thing I can think of in my head is like the the Justice League standing in front of the. uh like uh, in 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 uh in in the live action Justice League, the, oh, like the final yeah. shot of the Justice League, all just standing there, all triumphantly at the end. <laughs> like that feels like what they what they tried to do with that scene specifically. Yeah, and then they were just like, oh, uh, we got to add the music in. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it, it is something for sure. The audio mixing in this is not great, but it's not awful either. Like it's not like. I don't know. <laughs> if you've watched some of some of Hanna Barbera's like just 
cartoons in general. Like you've heard some bad audio mixing. Like they're not. Yeah. Hanna Barbaria wasn't exactly the best with. Uh, I mean, with sound or sound it, mixing. It was the eighties. You know, yeah, like no, they like, had to. I mean. yeah. They had. It was very slap. You know, like we have to get this out. You know done is better than perfect and that yes. was you know a guiding principle which you know gave us a lot of our favorite things so maybe i should maybe i should absorb some of that you know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah okay so uh final thoughts oh uh, boy so I'll, I'll go first sure i i had a blast with this movie um and i kind of knew i was going to have a blast with it because like when we when we watched next and I was really disappointed by it. I was like, oh, man. Like, I just want something, like, I want that s- kind of silly Ultraman back. Like, not, like, super silly, but, like, silly enough. Yeah. And, because uh, I had seen, uh, I, I'd gotten, uh, oh, I just Max. bought Max. Yeah. Because you know, I got those gifts of uh, Red King, like, flying over top of him <laughs> and landing on a building. And Max is like, oh, oh no. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's just phenomenal. Uh, and so I... When I when I started watching this, I was like, all right, here's the thing. I think this is going to be that perfect blend of silliness with, you know, cause especially because it's a cartoon. So, you know, you have you have that aspect to it. Um, and I think that uh, that really uh, that really came through with this movie. I, I had a blast watching it. I think it's a fast it's kind of a fascinating uh, place, uh, a piece of Ultraman lore, because it's this weird like it's an American produced Ultraman that didn't really get, you know, it didn't, didn't really catch people's eye. Uh, but it was all, it was popular enough that, I mean, even, uh, Tsuburaya brought back these characters to show back up later on. And so it's kind of this like fascinating little legacy of like, Oh, so they like, <laughs> they acknowledge this kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked that. I'm, uh, I I'm really just... thought the fights were fun. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I was, I just had my fingers crossed for Hanumajin to show up in the next like ultra movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, but yeah, I, I, I thought the, the fights were really fun. They were really well animated. Um, there was, the, I don't know. I just, I had a blast with this movie. Um, I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, just a really fun romp. Uh, if you're into this like eighties style cartoon, you're going to absolutely love it. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I honestly don't have much else to say other than you should check it out. Cause I think it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I really, the hour and a half went by in a blast, like yeah. real, real fast for me when I was watching it. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, as far as uh, finding it, it is on YouTube. Oh, it's everywhere. It's <laughs> everywhere. It is everywhere. It's one of those movies that's everywhere. But I, I, if I were to give a recommendation, the, the YouTube one specifically uh, is a very, very like high, high res. Yeah, I... like they they did some work on it. I think to yeah. to really to really make it look cool <laughs> yeah it's uh that's one thing i can say about ultra fans compared to godzilla fans or maybe it's the litigious nature of toho i don't know which that, it I is mean, it probably is that <laughs> but uh ultra fans have cataloged ev- every everything it's yes. it's all cataloged in high res detail uh mo- every monster roar has been collected and like itemized every like movie has been screenshotted and fully like thoroughly covered every time we do anything ultraman related and i'm trying to like do some fun sound editing or like like uh like cover art or something uh-huh. it's infinitely available it's infinitely more available than like anything godzilla related <laughs> Very true. And it might just be Toho is just way more like uh uh fast with the band hammer compared to Super Aya. <laughs> that's 
That, um, that seems that seems likely as well. <laughs> uh, as for my final thoughts, I really liked it. I thought it was a really fun movie. Um, uh, was it the most fun movie that I watched this month? No. Was it the most fun Ultraman movie I watched this month? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get in trouble with the internet, but I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was so fun and goofy, and a lot of that sure has to do with my own personal emotional attachment to Hanna-Barbera-style animation and storytelling and sound effects and the general feel of an of like a Hanna-Barbera show compared to, you know, like other cartoons of this era. Uh, and, uh, I first watched this years ago when we started the podcast really early on. And I was like, uh, someone, I think on the discord said, Oh, have you ever heard about that Hanna-Barbera Ultraman? And you were like, movie? no, and I went, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah. I looked it up and, uh, I mean, it's the same video file on YouTube now that it was years ago. Uh, I, I like, I didn't even know that until like, uh, Kyle was like, Oh, Hey, where can I watch it? And I was like, Oh, let me see. And I like. I just went to YouTube and looked it up and it was like the vi- the video that I was watching because it was like halfway through right and it stopped on one of the funniest like bits of dialogue of the whole thing <laughs> um, uh, the animation is fun the character designs and creature designs are phenomenal uh, it's you know it's Hanna-Barbera it's an 80 style thing so you, you know you're getting like maybe like in some places like down to like 15 frames a second <laughs> Uh, but like it all, it's, it feels hand-drawn. It feels like custom made. It feels like this was made for an audience and not like, you know, rendered. Yes. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it, it has its like faults in its narrative. Uh, it's, uh, you know, campily like, despite not being like, uh, uh, like a show that was like made in a foreign country, it feels like it was translated poorly. (laughs) With some it of does. The, it feels like a. It feels like a. Yeah, a translation. It feels like a Japanese yeah. made the, thing. The script. The script has these weird, like, repeating dialogue bits, or like, you know, like, well, won't you ever try? I don't know. Will you ever try? You know, the, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. Can I ever try? It's weird stuff like that, you know. Uh, but I, I just loved it. I had so much fun with this whole movie, and I, uh. Uh, you know, it, it was a really nice way to end Ultraman month and uh, uh, get us hyped up for next month. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. For anime month. Anime month. Uh, uh, I've been wanting to do like a specific just like anime themed month for a while. Uh, I have picked out three animes to talk about. Technically, I, only talk, I picked out two. Because uh, one of them is uh, the 1375 uh, 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 donation request. Um, from, uh, from Chris, uh, who has his own giant monster podcast. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the German Kaiju monster podcast. Uh, and it's, it's three D's. And I just remember his D three pod, uh, cause I keep not yes. remember. It's Damon. Uh, this is, the, something, this is something? the Chris who famously drew, drew, yes. uh, wrote into the heart car for us. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be starting off the month talking about uh, uh, a, a little anime called Catnapped, which I think is a very, very brilliantly animated movie that eh, counts as a kaiju film. Boy's looking for his dog. Dog gets turned into a giant monster. You know? Um, <laughs> so we got a Clifford situation. We got Clifford's, but like a bad Clifford. Yes. Ooh, he's, a bad, he's a bad Clifford. And then you have to, then you learn he's not a bad Clifford. The boy was bad. 
Ah. Uh, uh, spoilers. Uh, and then we're going to be the real monster. All along. <laughs> he was, and he learns and grows and stops being a monster. Uh, and then uh, we'll be doing Escaflone. Uh, episode one, uh, I have a special guest with that one where we're going to be hanging out, uh, me and my my childhood bestie, uh, where half the episode is us recounting our own personal childhood uh, and history with anime. And then we actually start talking about Escaflone for a little bit. So that was a really fun episode. <laughs> uh, and then we uh, we finish off the month uh, with Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Oh, man. Uh, this is one we've been talking about doing for a very, 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 very long time. So I'm super excited to talk about that. So I'm glad that we've, we, we're have we we're ending Ultraman Month on an anime and leading into an anime-themed month. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, check this movie out. It's really, really fun. It's it's on YouTube. There's several rips of it on YouTube, but, like, the high-res one has the actual, like, poster image. Um, and, uh, yeah. I, re- I, yep. I recommend it. Check it out. Yep, I agree. All right, so time to do our bumps. So thank you to all of our patrons. We really appreciate all the support you give us. Uh, thank you so, so blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, but uh, you guys are awesome. We really appreciate all the support you give and uh, really helps us out. Keep this cast afloating. Yeehaw. Uh, so thank you to Behind the Mask 1313, Caleb Talley, Damon Noyos, Joe Jira, Jonathan the BBQ Nerd, uh, Joshua Pilo, uh, William Kelly, Jack Butcher, Uis, Nathan Downs, Solid Snake, William Kish, Cool Man, Cotton Ham, Jack Horowitz, Kyoitoshi, uh, Nicholas Whale, Nugget Coon, uh, Taylor Ward, Chris Britt, Eric Schuster, Joshua Lynch, and Oda. Once again, thank you guys so, so much for supporting the cast. If you want to be a Patreon supporter, uh, just search Tokyo Lives on Patreon. You will find us very, very easily. Uh, we have a lot of really fun uh, re, uh, reward tiers, including joining a Discord server where we all talk about fun news stuff and do some watch parties and stuff like that, which we're about to get back into moving further into the year. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, think, uh, then, uh, yeah. So just join us on Patreon. It's really, really fun. Uh, <laughs> Facebook, uh, just search Tokyo Lives to find us there, uh, at Tokyo Lives cast as our Twitter handle. We really appreciate anybody following us on there. Uh, cause we post a lot of fun stuff there. Lots of shares of like really cool art and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed Ultraman month, even though me and Rob are <laughs> definitely on the wrong side of the internet for shit Ultraman. <laughs> um, but, uh, what else is new? Um, so, uh, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed Ultraman month. We've got a lot of great things this year planned, uh, including a really fun March, uh, to tie into 65, which we will be announcing the details of that. Uh, probably midway through February because uh, there's going to be a a stream of something that will happen. So we're going to have to get that all lined up. But uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, we'll talk at you later, everybody. Bye, Bye, everyone. See you for Anime Month.